Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. My guest is Maddie Grant, CAE, co-founder at Propel. She's an expert, culture designer, and digital strategist who focuses on helping organizations prosper through culture change. She has specific expertise in digital transformation and generational differences in the workplace. She has explored the evolution of culture in the digital age through her books, including Humanize, How People-Centric Organizations Succeed in a Social World, When Millennials Take Over, preparing for the ridiculously optimistic future of business, and the non-obvious guide to employee engagement. Today, I asked her to be my guest because I love her latest white paper that she co-authored titled The No BS Guide to Digital Transformation, How Intentional Culture Change Can Propel Associations Forward. The whole digital transformation conversation is something that we doubled down on in the anniversary edition of Race for Relevance. And I can't wait to talk to Maddie about her experience as well. Maddie, welcome. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Why this topic and why now? Obviously, you have a lot of background in digital transformation. So it's part and parcel of who you are and your experience. But why now? Yes. So I think what's interesting is that even though we've been talking about digital transformation for years at this point, um, it's kind of come to a head with the pandemic, honestly, and the realization that actually associations could think outside of the box, could, um, of course, use technology to continue to serve their members um, and their staff, actually. <laughs> Um, and, and there's kind of a window of opportunity to really think about um, the ultimate change, the transformation part, um, more than just the technology part. Uh, so it just seemed really timely to, to talk about this, this topic now and specifically to summarize and kind of um, bring it down to the basics of what associations need to know because there's just so much kind of blah, blah, blah. There's so many different definitions. And in the corporate world, it means a bunch of different things. You know, we thought associations are, as you know, like a, a special animal. And we thought it would be actually just really valuable to kind of take this big topic and hone it down to the, what matters for associations. Well, we've seen that the pandemic was an accelerant that accelerated trends we've noticed for years, but it's also provided a tailwind. And I'm sure with your clients, you noticed that those who had already begun the digital transformation had less challenge in pivoting to remote work and remote meetings than those who were already down the road. But as you said, we've talked about this for a long time, but I am still surprised at the number of associations who have not gone all in, in terms of digital or who are still talking about it. So, you know, why is this happening from, from your perspective? Why are so few not further down the road? So I think there's there's actually a, a key concept in the white paper that Elizabeth Engel and I talk about um, related to 
this the difference between becoming digitized and digital. Um, and in our conversations around the white paper, this this seems to be coming up more and more as really the crux of the answer to your question. So associations across the board, I think, are uh, good at upgrading their software internally, um, specifically their infrastructure, their financial software, maybe their their AMS, you know, their their databases, um, their event or meeting software, registration software, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so in that sense, they're good at being digitized. Um, but when it comes to being digital, it's much more about the front-facing part of all of this technology where you're bringing in the, the member or customer voice into it um, on the front end, but you're also internally much more holistic in how you use the technologies throughout the organizations. So um, in a sense, they're starting with the technology and upgrading the tools, but they're not taking it all the way to the full end of the spectrum of the potential of what those tools actually mean, if that makes sense. So you also talk about a culture change that's necessary for true digital transformation. You know, just at a very high level, what what do you see needs to happen in order for this to take effect, truly take effect within an organization? Yeah, so the culture change is um, the big missing piece uh, when we talk about digital transformation. So we know how much technology is involved and related to the topic, right? But it's, like I said, the transformation part that is this, the roadblock or the sticking point. So, um, and I have actually a really simple example that I think every association can probably relate to, where you're at an association, you're trying to become more data-driven, right? I think everybody wants to be this. So you're, uh, you've set up your Google Analytics on your website, you know, your marketing person is looking at that. Especially this past year, you've probably done a virtual conference. You have much more specific data around what sessions people attended and, you know, things that you couldn't really get necessarily with an in-person conference. Your membership department is probably tracking not just retention rates, but purchases and that kind of data from your member activity. But these things are all happening in silos, right? The data is there. The technology is there, but it's kind of being hoarded in different pockets of the organization. And the way to, to turn that into digital transformation, where all of these pieces of data really connect with each other, and there's a holistic kind of strategy around using the data to better serve your members, ultimately, or create new products, or sunset other products, you know, or programs, you know, that intelligence um, relies on a culture change that perhaps is not happening. So a culture change meaning having different silos, different departments really connecting and collaborating with each other around a data project, being able to share information in the right way to the, with the right people, being able to be more 
transparent in terms of specifically in this case, you know, reports around data. It's not just that Bob is the only one who can pull this report, <laughs> but it's also Bob is the only one who understands it. And there, you know what I mean? So there's, there's all of these pieces that are actually not about the technology at all. They're about what you do with the technology and specifically what you do with it in a way that connects the whole organization together. So that's what I was thinking as you were talking that it's an organizational approach that's necessary. It is not, and for some organizations, they don't recognize that they even have data. So it is learning what data they already have that they can utilize from an organizational connected standpoint. So I think that, you know, those two words that it is organizational and that it is connecting to everyone's work, not just some people's work. I think is key. Exactly. What are the biggest obstacles you see? So, so when, when we talk about culture, that's a pretty big word and it, it can be a little intimidating and the words digital transformation can be intimidating, but, but let's, let's try to identify the biggest obstacles. I mean, certainly cost can be a factor if, if there is catch up that is needed in order to be able to leapfrog, but what are some of the other obstacles that you see? You mentioned departments that are siloed. Yeah, so I think um, the biggest obstacle really ultimately is um, leadership support. Um, and that does mean resources um, from a cost perspective, um, but it really ultimately is more than that. It means that the leadership has to be able to provide the why, the purpose, for the digital transformation or just the big, you know, the big technology project that you're undertaking. Um, and very often that's not happening. It's still kind of sitting in, in a silo or in its own little island. Um, so there's support to make it happen in the first place through this kind of purpose-driven, you know, strategy. Um, and then there's a lot of um, internal, what we would call kind of middle level um, cultural processes and structures. So just lines of communication, you know, how information gets shared. Um, and that could be hierarchical, so up and down, or it could be horizontal across different groups. Um, it's also in terms of communication externally with members. Um, these are also things that that happen sort of piecemeal still, and the value of really bringing it much more to the fore um, through what will become digital transformation is huge. But you know, there's kind of these roadblocks in terms of, and I know you know this, but how you know the we've always done it that way kind of mindset, which we as culture people are are hoping that the pandemic, you know, one of the, um, if we can say such a thing as a, a silver lining, but, you know, it's sort of forcing people to think a little differently. Um, but that impetus actually for true digital transformation, unfortunately, can't come from the ground up. It's got to come from the top down because nobody else can really make it organization wide without it. And what do you see as the board's role being in all of this? 
Oh, yeah, that's a great question. So for the board, and again, I know you know this, we've seen many different kinds of boards and um, there, there are lots of differences in their ability to really kind of lead the association towards the future. Um, so it depends on how much of that they they understand and want to take on. You know, some boards are much more about being risk averse and fiduciary duty and that kind of thing, which is totally fine. That, that is a board's responsibility. But other boards really do get that their their role is to look far into the future. Only the difference now is the future is coming up pretty damn fast, you know. So in that sense, they have a, a really good role to play in terms of bringing in new ideas, um, and but they have to actively be doing that, you know, for a reason. I think the board also has a responsibility. They don't have to understand digital transformation, but they do have to support it and they have to resource it. Yes. So it can be just as intimidating for a board to try to understand what this all means. They really have to trust their leaders internally, but the resource piece of it and the long-term commitment. I just talked to somebody the other day who was trying to uh, get their situation set up so that they have a certain amount of funding every year that supports digital so that they're not doing catch up every three years. But it's kind of like the best example I can think of is, you know, if you look around your home every year and you pick one or two big things to do, then you will get to enjoy those improvements. And when it's time to sell your house, you will already be ready to sell it. And the same thing with digital, if you look around every year and you ask what couple of tools should we be deploying or what should we be embracing? And you talk about a lot of those different tools in your report. So I would encourage people to download that. But if you talk about adding those tools every year, then it's a continuous improvement rather than a, oh my gosh, we're five years behind and not only do we need to get caught up, but now we need to, you know, really, really work hard on, on uh, getting ahead of the game. Yeah, um, well, and that's, that's actually just, um, that's a perfect example also of the digitized versus digital concept because boards very often are, are presented with some options around, you know, upgrading our AMS and it's uh -huh. going to cost, you know, $200,000. <laughs> Um, but actually, that's not that's not the question that they the board should be considering. The board should be thinking, you know, what are you trying to do with this yeah. new AMS? You know, it's like the the specific technology and the budget required should be the last piece of this puzzle. You know, whereas the the first and second and third and fourth should be, you know, what are we trying to achieve with this new AMS? Are we actually getting? use of all the data that the treasure trove of data that we're sitting on already, you know, et cetera. So I think there's, there's some kind of change conversation to be had with boards around that too, who are just like staff sometimes stuck in the, you know, choosing a piece of technology um, bucket, which is not actually what it's about. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we need to be having a, like you said, what do we want to achieve? What What is it we want to be able to do? What is it about the member experience that we want to be able to do that we can't currently? And, and along with that, then comes the data that we get, uh, you know, from member tracking member behavior and member habits and, you know, what parts of the digital experience members are engaging in. So that why question I think is extremely important. And I think sometimes we get it backwards. Like you said, we're we're looking at technology first rather than the, what, what is the end result that we want to be able to achieve with that? Um, You have some great case studies in your white paper What's common? What's one of the common themes among these case studies that you notice that would be beneficial to listeners to know? Yeah, so it's actually a couple of things we've already touched on, um, which is that there is a clear uh, mandate for the leadership to go forward with a digital transformation project. So there's a clear, you know, why are we doing this? What are we trying to achieve? And then there's clear support from the leadership, from the board and the, the senior executives um, from a, a headcount or resources or budget perspective to, um, to make it happen. Um, and then there's also, um, there's always a piece of it that involves bringing the member voice in. So that's what is also very interesting to me is that there's this kind of communication and collaboration with the um, the community that the association serves in every case. So, you know, we're trying, we're not just coming up with a program that sounds good to us. We're working with our audience to really figure out what it is they need. And sometimes, you know, the member might not know. Sometimes the innovation comes from staff. Sometimes it comes from members, but either way, there's a dialogue between the two that's really, really critical to this. I like to say that collaboration is the new currency. Yes. A lot of times we think about collaboration being with other organizations. Sometimes it comes with potential competitors, but absolutely we need to collaborate with our own subject matter experts, which are our members, which are part of our family, so to speak. And and yet sometimes we uh, underestimate how beneficial uh, they can be. And when you think about human-centered design, that's kind of where the whole process starts is by talking and listening to people. Uh, And then that feeds strategy going forward. So as we wrap up here, if, if for our listeners, and we, I think we already touched on some of these, but what one or two pieces of advice would you give? If I'm working for an organization or leading an organization that I know is behind in a digital transformation, what are one or two things that I should start thinking about right now? So I think one thing is to, to think about the big questions around what a digital transformation would achieve for the organization um, concretely, you know, how, how would having a better idea of what members need and want throughout the whole member life cycle, what would that actually do for the organization? It's not just a, a marketing question, but really a holistic question. Um, and then also to understand your culture. So there's lots of culture assessments out there. Of course, we have one which we think is the best. <laughs> but but 
understanding what your culture is and where the roadblocks might exist um, to the roadblocks to really truly undertaking a digital transformation, because those are things that are actually easily fixable. You know, if you have if you have um, communication issues between departments, that's fixable. It's not that hard, but you just need to identify what and where it happens and what would be the specific what we would call culture plays. You know, to open up those channels of of communication in ways that actually help you know all the sides of the channels, so to speak. So understand your culture and then think about the the why, the why around digital transformation. Thank you, Maddie. And I'm glad you made that point about culture because even the most complex, expensive digital transformation isn't going to live up to expectations if it is not supported by culture. And I know that that's your work at Propel is all about culture. So I'm happy that listeners have an opportunity and a resource now uh, to support their culture when they start their digital transformation. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much, Mary. It was great talking to you. I'm Mary Byers, and this is Successful Associations Today. 